0: It's good to worship. It's good to worship. I feel like, I feel like we're just always at such risk of treating God like He's somewhere else, you know, like He's far off or uninterested or not a participant or a partaker in the thing that I find myself in. And yeah, let's let's pull Him close today. I wanna, I wanna um, share some thoughts about. Um, whoa, hello. The, uh, I might, I can do it. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Ange. That'll be better. About the idea of the, the, the story we're living. Like ultimately, ultimately, I guess, well, maybe before we go that, let's, let's just hit it out there as a question. If your life was a book or a movie. And, and maybe let's not even just think about it as your life thus far. Let's just think about your life. You know, all the pages haven't been turned. <laughs> the, certainly the book hasn't been closed because we're here, we're breathing, we're living, we're sharing. So if your life was a book or your life was a movie, what would the title be? I what? Yeah, we're not looking to <clears throat> partake of whatever it is Glenn's thinking over there <laughs> as he laughs out loud. But like, I think as you think about that, you know, we're not trying to come up with a creative title that encompasses my life. But what are the first things that come to mind? You know, if I had this as a more more than trying to encompass it myself cognitively, but more as a, what are the words that pop straight to mind when you think? All right. My life is a book. My life is a movie. What's the title? What's the what's what's the title of my story? I think just just have a think about it for a second. And think about the words that pop to mind or think about the ideas that come to you. Don't try and make them fit or 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 sort of overwork it. Overwork it too much, but just kind of let it pop up what's there. Anybody want to share? What, what pops to mind as you think about? We'll we'll, we'll stay away from Glenn because he's having trouble getting out of the giggle mode over there. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you got? What are some of the words that came to mind, or maybe I know this feels really vulnerable. Uh, this is a very vulnerable question, so feel free not to share. But just just shout them out like a word that comes to you, or a, a a thing that popped up in your mind. Could be positive. Could be negative. Could be, yeah. What what's what something that comes to mind as you think about the title of your story? Alright, well mine was a negative one. That's okay. <laughs> well you be brave. But it, was, but it was a car crash. Car crash. Yeah, okay. I got my negative okay, well that's okay. Yeah, that's kinda of like train wreck. <laughs> yeah. Car crash, is that kinda of what you mean? Like kind of this like this thing's like an accident waiting to happen kinda. Of. Yeah. 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 Lots of car crashes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. No, I like it. No, I like it, Laws. I think that's that's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good, Laws. that's good. I probably have my hat on too. All right, lay on us. I think it could spin, I was like, where to? Okay, so a little bit like lost. Yeah, like, yeah, where to? That's got like a lost vibe to it, like, yeah, okay. You I hear you. About the yeah. It's, it's got an open endedness to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's It's got both vibes going, doesn't it? Yeah. I like that. Anybody else? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Okay. That'd be good. Hey, Amanda. <laughs> if, if this guy would keep it simple, <laughs> we'll call that optimistic. We'll call that. There's the next chapter, apparently. <laughs> oh oh so we found out today that keith does a bit of projecting all right that's good that's good that's good well we don't know all the counseling just right here but <laughs> that's cool i like that keith keep it simple anybody else yeah Lani? living between the spiritual and the physical i like that i like that okay you want to you want to read that book Lisa said one? Yeah. What Lisa hit us with? Dare to make a difference. Dare to make a difference. Ooh, yeah. I like that. I like that, Lisa. Let's turn the pages of that story. I like that. Anybody else? James? Conned into something better. (laughs) Conned into something better. Yeah, geez. I don't quite know where to take that one. I feel like that might need some unpacking with a spiritual counselor sometime. Now conned into something better. Who's conning you though? I'd say, I'd say Jesus. Let's hope so. That's cool. Vegetables. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Vegetables. I like that. Anybody else? Anybody else got one that they want to share? Something that came to mind? Yep. Failure to redemption. I like that, Ben. I like that. We are. This is our lives. This is our lives. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you know, life is really the story we tell ourselves. You know, it's the narrative that we live out. You know, Janessa, I loved what. or Janessa, there you are. I loved what you know you were sharing around. You know, feeling like, oh man, reading all these world events, and it's like, I want a different world to live in. You know, I want somewhere safe, and to have God waking you up. You know, declaring over you that He is your safe place. I read, um, read a book while I was away that had a quote in it. Let's see, I I think I wrote it to him. I did. Yeah, it said surrender is the practice of resting into a life that's happening for you instead of to you. And surrender is trusting that someone else loves your life as much as you do. Yeah. It 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 just sort of struck me. It was like when when the one whom I am surrendering my life to loves my life as much as I do, my safety, my well-being, my uh end outcome is is secure and it's like, I'm not sure if that's the story I'm telling myself. I'm not sure I'm telling myself the story all the time that my safest place is Jesus Christ. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm telling myself that the most productive and successful and fruitful thing of my life could be following Jesus. I'm not sure I'm always buying into that story. But I think, um, you know, this idea of, uh, of the story we find ourselves in, you know, it's like this. This is the this is the picture of uh, you know James. In some senses, your title. I, I'm, I'm not sure about the conned bit. I'll will give you that, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't like thinking of Jesus as a con, a con artist so much. Although there's probably a bit of that that goes on, you know. But it's like loved into something better, wooed into something better. You know I think we're in a story where we're being called out of our own story and into a into a God story and it's like you know I think you've you've probably most people in this room have probably been offered something of a um, of a catalytic disruption to your own view of your own story you know like when you get a a word or when someone sees something in your life or someone shares something with you about you or someone sees something in you like i I can remember a catalytic moment in my life I was uh, 14, and uh, the manager of a camp called me up and said, hey, we're starting a new adventure program. Would you come and work for us for two months and be an adventure camp leader? And it, would, it was a catalyst because I had a story playing out in my head that would have disqualified me from something like that. Oh, I'm not athletic enough, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not cool enough, I'm not fun enough, I'm not exciting enough, I'm not outgoing enough. You know, I had a story playing out that said, shh, sit down, be quiet, you're a bit of a loser. You know, that was the narrative at 14 that I was 100% partnered with. And someone came with a catalytic story and said, and I said to him, I'm not sure I'm up for it. And he said, you are gonna be amazing at this. He said, "Look at the relationship you have with my son. Look how my son views you. These are the kids you're going to be working with." And he started to tell a different story. He said, "You are a life-giving, encouraging individual who's going to be so much fun. You are a leader. You're going to have so much to offer to this." And he started to tell a story that was disrupting the narrative that I was living in. You know, I'm a I'm a loser. I'm not really going to qualify for much. I'm not really going to get much done." And I began in that to to discover something. I mean, that's a very practical and relational example, and at fourteen, you can expect and understand that. But the truth of the matter is, there are narratives that are playing out in our minds on a daily basis. But it doesn't play out on the surface all the time. You know, it's kind of like this is the the depths. This is the depths of our our being that plays out a story that says I'm safe or I'm not safe. I'm able or I'm not able. I'm I'm this or I'm that or I'm, you know, and, it, and it's like the, it's it's it finds its way out and there's moments where you can see it clearly, but most of the time it's just kind of this underlying, you know, notion, you know, like Lows. I loved the honesty of your answer, you know. It's like this is a this is a car crash, this thing's a disaster, and it's like well, what you and I know is that's not the truth, that's not the total truth of. Of the story in which you find yourself in, but it, you know, like you, I, I can live uh, a narrative that sounds like the title of my book, being, uh, you know, the problem. Here he is, the problem. Yeah, that's a that's a narrative that plays out for me that could easily become the title of my whole story, that I am the problem. If it's going wrong, it's probably because I'm involved. If it's too intense, it's probably because I made it that way. If I'm turning it into something, that's probably just gonna be a disaster. Like there's a narrative that plays out in my life and where I picked that up and how that came to be in in my story, you know, that does a too long a, a story for today, but it's like, you know, the the narrative that God speaks to me about that is that, you know, I've made you with a purpose and I've planned great things for you and stop hiding the goodness of what's in you. You know, there's this story that plays out that's calling forward something that these other storylines and narratives that I've bought into silence and quiet. You know, and I guess the, the you know, overly introspective thought for the morning is really what's, what's the story you're listening to? And how do we find our way out of a debilitating story? Because the truth of the matter is, is that there's hidden within each one of us dreams and passions. And, and we shove them down and we push them aside because there's a story that plays out that says, oh, yeah, 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 but not you. Or don't, don't be such a dreamer. Or, oh, yeah, in an idyllic world, that could be the case. You know, and, and those dreams aren't necessarily, uh, yeah, anyway, we don't, I don't need to go into all that. But yeah, I think, I think there's, a, well, there's a passage in James chapter 3 yeah, and it's talking, about, um, it's talking about what it is that controls us. And, and let's, let's, let's take a look at it. It says, now if we put bits into the horse's mouths to make them obey us, we guide their whole body as well. And look at the ships. Even though they're so large and driven by strong winds, they're still directed by a very small rudder, whatever the impulse of the helmsman desires. In the same sense, the tongue is a small part of our body, and yet it boasts of great things. See by comparison how great a forest is set on fire by a small spark. And the tongue is, in a sense, a fire. The very world of injustice and unrighteousness, the tongue is set among our members as that which contaminates the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life, the cycle of man's existence. And is itself set on fire by hell, you know. Anyway, he's you know, he's he's talking about the small things that control the entire life cycle of man, you know. And in this sense, he's talking about the tongue. And he goes on to say, you know, blessing and cursing flow from the same mouth. You know, and how can that be? Salt water and fresh water can't flow from the s- same spring. Uh, that's the continuation of that passage, you know, but I guess what I take from this is that the confession of my mouth or the story that I tell, the the, the story that I choose to partner with, that becomes my confession, that becomes my declaration, determines the cycles of the life I'm going to live. And what story is it that I'm confessing? What is it that I've partnered with? What is it that I'm empowering? What is it that is dictating the cycles of my life and the path on which I find myself? And when we begin to imagine that this huge... Uh, existence that we live in some senses is controlled by the story we tell of ourself, of our God, of the life we live. And it's like, well, well if that's the case, if, if the tongue can control the entire existence, we can change the story that we're buying into. And the greatest thing that I can do is confess the truest story that comes from God, whether my heart fully believes it or not. You know, I can live and I can sit here questioning, is it going to be good? Are we going to have what we need? Is this going to work out? Is this going to take place? And I can partner with a story of fear that says, oh, it's likely that we're just going to end up uh, destitute. That's a story I can, t- can tell. It's a confession I can partner with. But if there is a spirit of truth that's common, it's said something different, and I find myself in the place where I am because someone truer and someone greater and a God who has joined me in my existence and has partnered with me in the life that I am is coming and saying, this is a place of power. This is a place of purpose. This is a pr- place of fruitfulness. Now I got a choice. What am I going to Confess. Because there's a story that's sitting there that's telling me I'm going to be destitute. And there's another story that's sitting there that's saying this is going to be fruitful. Okay, now what is what is going to determine the cycle of this man? What am I going to choose to confess? What story am I going to choose to partner with? What story am I going to feed And and if it only were just so simple, because, you know, this isn't a one-time moment, is it? It's not like, okay, here I am today. I'm going to declare that the things of God are going to come to pass in my life, and that I am not a problem. I am a solution in the name of Jesus, who he plants and he puts where he desires for the things in which he wishes. And when he puts me there, good things of God happen. I can say that today, but tomorrow when the problem story comes up again, I'll be ready again to play the card. No, no, no. That is not the story of my life. I'm a a solution in the name of Jesus, because he said so. I'm a solution in the name of Jesus, because he said so. I am not a problem. I am not the problem. In the name of Jesus, I'm a solution. I'm a part of the production of the kingdom of God. He's producing through me. I'm on my way. I'm on my way in that. Look, I think, uh, you know, I mean, I think one of the problems that we have in this is that we live largely unaware of the the story that we're we're living, you know. I think I think we live with this uh, invisible obstacle to the things that we're made for, you know. And it's 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 not just one thing or one channel or or one event or one storyline, you know. It might be in my life maybe there's three or four like major obstacle narratives. me actually allowing this life to be what God has commenced it for you know if God breathed life into me uh it's for a purpose and that purpose doesn't have to be you know we're not sitting here saying like find the greatest story you are all going to be superstars you're going to be rock stars you're going to be you know billionaires and you're going to be you know that's not what we're here to say you know, we're here to go, what is it within me that God has purposed my life to be? What is the dream that he's placed in and the capacity that he's placed within me? What is it that exists within me? And what's the story that he tells that partners with that? Because the story of God produces the things of God in the life of the people of God. And so when I start to partner with his story, I start to see the things that he's made me for coming to life again. I don't think she would mind. I didn't ask permission to use it, but but I'll, I'll use it. You know, when Hannah uh, jumped on, but she's oh, she got wide-eyed. Oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. Is this a, is a, it's is an obvious example of this and, and a fruit of who you are. But when Hannah took the job at Golden Valley, she I said to me, well, what do, what do you think you want to do? And she said, well, I know what I don't want to do. I don't want to run the activities. I don't want to just, I don't want to be an activity person. That's not what I see myself doing. She said, I don't want to be, I've seen Ben Grant's team, and I, I'm have anything to do with that guy? No, no. But you know, and I can understand where that came from. Hannah, you know, was working in a really professional office environment, and it, it was just a big jump in your mind. And there was nothing wrong that you were doing, but there was a story playing out that said something to the effect of, uh, "That would be dissatisfying." That would be dissatisfying. Anyway, I said to Hannah, hey, well, don't worry about that. It's a bit of an all-rounder crew, and I'm sure you'll find your way with it. And you'll find yourself discovering things about it that yeah, you're not going to have to force anything. It'll all come to be, and that's not the job you're being hired for, so it'll be all right. Anyway, and Hannah finds herself in the middle of the summer, and I'm going, well, how's it all going? Got to the end of the summer, and she said, oh, I'm so disappointed that I'm not running activities anymore. You know, and it's like, you know, the 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 truest story is that um, Hannah, you're made for something that imparts life to people. And when you find yourself partnered with places where you're imparting life to people, you'll be satisfied. And it actually had nothing to do with loving running the climbing wall. You put this chicken in place where the things of God that are in her life start to find their way out, and it's like there's a love for the thing I'm in because something that's on my life is being fulfilled where I am, and it doesn't matter what I do when this finds its purpose. But how often are we pushed off of the places of a purpose for us because we look at it and go, well, I don't, I don't want to be that, or I would not want to do that, or I, I don't want to find myself there. And it's like, there's a story playing out of how that's going to be or what that's going to look like or what that's going to mean or what that's going to say about me. This has just got nothing to do with the truth. In fact, you found yourself in a place where you were coming to life and coming alive and where the good things of God were working their way out through you. And, and it's like, you know, that, that, it's, a, it's a beautiful picture of the struggle that we find ourselves in around Story, you know, there was a place in my life that was very similar. I was um, asked to sell houses in Martha Cove, which you know, several people here bought, Thank you. And, um, uh, and I was like, "Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't be a real estate agent nah. I'm too busy. I got enough things going on and I was. I was busy at the time. Anyway, and it was it, whatever. Uh, long story short, I found myself in a real wrestle to take this position. If I'm being honest, it felt beneath me. Which sounds really arrogant, and really prideful. But I felt like, oh, I don't want to like become a real estate agent, be stuck in an office selling houses, doing this thing, you know, like just you know whatever. I I I don't know. Felt like selling my soul to the the man or something like that. Like it felt like, oh, that's not who I am. That's not that's not my purpose. That's not my, you know, whatever. Anyway, found myself in a wrestle and I was talking to Lila about it and she's like, You were at the hot springs and. And um, we were chatting about it, and we'd been in it about a week, and I needed to make a decision. And she said to me, I'm going to the change room. You stay in this hot tub until you speak to Jesus and find out what he thinks about this, and then make your decision based on what he says. But don't get out of this hot springs until that's sorted. I'll be in the car. I was like, oh, well, you know, that is exactly how you said it. And you got up and you left. Part of it is she knew it wouldn't take too long and she knew she'd take longer in the change room. So it was probably just a a tactic. But anyways, I sat there and I said, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, take the job. And I went, all right. Okay. So the next day I took it, two days later I started it. And it ended up being, I don't know, some obscene amount of uh, money that came out of that for Lila and I. It was an absolute financial blessing, that job. It was a relational Uh, Like, basically, I was selling houses to all my neighbors because we moved in there. So I met tons and tons of people and, you know, got to know all the people who were moving into new houses around us. I uh, got to work with great people, and it was an incredible season of my life where something different grew. And I 100% was partnering with a story that said, that's going to suck. I don't want that. But the story of God said, I've got something for you here. Would you come? Would you be formed? Would you be shaped? And would you receive my blessing? But the story that I was hearing uh, was entirely different to, to, to how it played out and, and what existed. And I think, I think I've come to believe and come to see that the story I tell myself is incredibly unreliable. It's a very unreliable guide. It's inaccurate. It's untrue. It's a false perspective. It's limited in every way. This story that rolls around in me, the narratives about my life that, that are produced from Brad are just such unreliable sources. But God is writing an incredible story in my life. He is leading me beyond my wildest dreams and past my wildest expectations. And, and, and I want to suggest that I don't, I'm not bought into that story for more, 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 more. You know, I think, I think when we've bought into a story so we can get more money, more power, more prestige, more influence, a bigger job, a greater reputation, it's like, well, yes, maybe God will bring those things about, but maybe he won't. You know, Paul... But so perfectly in in Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 to 13, he said, and he's talking about some people who had given him some money. He's thanking them. Hey, thanks, you know, for swinging me some cash. And he goes on to say, not that I speak from any personal need, uh, for I've learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or uneasy regardless of my circumstances. I just stop and think about that this for a second. Like, our circumstances shout a narrative at us, right? Like they just, they just produce this story within us that says, you know, oh, it's gonna be horrible. It's not gonna work out. Things are gonna be awful, whatever it is. And he's saying, yeah, regardless of the circumstances I've bought into a narrative in my life that leaves me with such a firm foundation that I'm not disturbed or uneasy in any way, no matter what happens. I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. And in any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing life. Whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need, I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. That has a heck of a story to live, right? What if that became my narrative? What if that became my narrative? What am I saying no to today that I'd say yes to if that could become my story? I can do all things that he's called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me. It doesn't matter what I got, if I'm hungry, if I'm fed, if I got a billion bucks, if I got zero dollars, it doesn't matter. My safety is in Jesus Christ. My sufficiency is in Jesus Christ. My purpose is in Jesus Christ. My story is his. And he's writing a heck of a good story. It's like, wow, okay. What am I listening to? You know, what is it that, because we, we'll, we'll pick up on narratives from each other. You know, I mean, you, you, you were guilty of this. You know, I'll look at I'll look at Glenn's life and go, oh, jeepers, bit of a train wreck over here. Sold his business, no job next year. How's he gonna keep sailing? You know, I can I can pick up, I can feed that back to Glenn. You know, he can pick up a narrative off of me and that, or or you know, maybe I can uh, look at Kai's life and go, oh man, just blowing all his money on a four wheel drive. This is a disaster, disaster. Dis- Well, this could, you know, we we tell stories about others and we reflect them to one another. What does it look like to become people who begin to partner with the narrative that Jesus Christ has for the people around us? You know, what does it look like for us to drop these expectations that everybody's life needs to look like mine? Or what if we drop the insecurity that says, you know, I need others not to be so successful because it makes me feel bad about myself. Here's a piece of us that when somebody gets bold and somebody gets confident, you know, we're scared to stand up and say, my title is victory. My title is warrior. My title is faith-filled follower. My title is blessed. Like, we're, 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 we're nervous to do that because, you know, what happens when you get bold and you get confident is pe- people don't like it. But God has not breathed into you something to be hidden, something to be held back, something to go quietly on. It's like we need to discover the story of God in our life and unashamedly and confidently hold on to it. And whether it's big or whether it's little, whether it's gonna affect a million people or three people, that's not the point. The point is i found my sufficiency in Christ. And whether I've got a million people following me or two, I'm sufficient in Christ. Whether I got $100,000 on the gig that I'm on or 10 bucks on the gig that I'm on, I'm sufficient in Christ because his story is worth it. And I think, you know, what is our invitation here to go? Where is the story of God in my life? What's he telling me? What's he say about the title of my book? But, but you know what? The best part of about a book is never the title, right? In fact, irritatingly, titles seem disappointing with books. It's, it's the pages. It's the text. It's how it plays out. You know, on the page that I'm on today, who's writing the story? With what I'm reading today, with what I'm telling myself, with what I'm taking in, on the page that I'm on today, who's writing this story? Have I taken the pen and I'm filling it in? Oh, he's a bit of a loser, a bit of a tool, probably not going to do that great. You know, you're probably just on your way down the gurgler. You know, am I, am, have I picked up a pen and I'm writing a story? Or, or you will succeed at all costs. You know, we, we write all sorts of things into our story, don't we? Or, or am I allowing God to unfold a story that he's purposed on my behalf, that he's accomplishing, that he's woven into my being, that he's, uh, you know, giving me, infusing me with an inner strength and a confident peace to be and do and, ex- and exhibit and emulate. Yeah, you know, it's like I want to be in the place that Paul was. You know, that says with or without a house. I'm confident, with or without money, with or without a job, with or without a following, with or without people's good wishes or goodwill. I'm sufficient in Christ. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, who calls me according to his purpose and gives me a path to tread. And it's like, yeah. how do we become people who believe that the story of God is the safest, most powerful, most purposeful place that I can be. And the rest of it is just about coming to peace that he's gonna accomplish good things in and through me. Anyway, we'll bring it into land. You know, really the, the question is, what story do you have on repeat? What's, what's washing through your head these days? Not good enough. Try harder, be better, do better. Not as good as so-and-so, not as dedicated as so-and-so. You know, what are the, what are the, what are the stories that play out that are just these, these debilitating threads that are costing us the dreams that God's intended for the life that we're living? What is it that he's saying? What is the powerful story that God's inviting you to partner with him in. Because the trouble with this is, is whilst God's got a story in mind, it requires our partnership, right? You know, we've, we've seen that play out biblically. We've seen it play out personally. You know, Abraham, this is, this is a good example. You know, uh, there was a story that God had for Abraham and Sarah. You make you the father of many nations, blah, 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 all the good things. You know, come with me, leave your land, leave your people. Come, I'm going to give you a promise, going to make you the father of many nations, etc., etc. right? Well, he picked up the pen and he said, oh, Jesus isn't doing a very good job giving me a son. Let's make this happen ourselves. On comes Ishmael and all sorts of problems flowed from Abraham picking up the pen and making it happen his own way. But the story of God was still accomplished in his life as it came. Sorry if I'm referring to something that feels like vague or distant or unfamiliar. But, you know, the truth of the matter is God has written a story for you that requires your faith filled partnership, requires him to be your safe place or requires a surrender to him that says, I know I'm surrendering this life to one who loves this life more than I do. And it's like, okay, well, what does it look like then to start to risk on that story? Because God's story has a cost; it takes courage. Like it's not like, yeah, like it. I, anyway, I've I've said enough. Let's let's stop and talk. Let's jump into groups for a minute. Let's talk about this idea of, you know, what is the narrative that we're partnering with, and what is it? What is it to partner with the story that God's telling? It today, like in your life this week, like this page, this moment. What is the story that God's telling, and what does it look like to partner with that? And how does that? I always do this: put four questions in. Let's talk. Breaking into groups of like four or five. Uh, somebody else.